This podcast is brought to you by the award-winning Australian-made butterfly maternity pillow, which we are personally huge fans of. We certainly are. We love that it's multi-use and you can use it during your pregnancy and breastfeeding journey, but also that it comes with a removable tensile cover for easy care and comfort. And they sell out every time at the One Fine Baby Expo. They do. So if you want to grab one for yourself and want a sneaky 20% off discount, just use the code <laughs> COLDCOFFEE20 at onefinebaby.com.au. You're listening to a One Fine Baby podcast. One Fine Baby acknowledges the traditional owners of land and water that this podcast is recorded on and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. How many times have you winced your way through that cold cup of coffee just for the caffeine kick? Or tripped over the same toy you've put away 10 times? We have toothpaste on our t-shirt and tiny humans screaming our name. The Cold Coffee Hot Mess Podcast is here to bring you the real side of parenting and serve up the juiciest survival hacks for this season of life that you can implement today. Hi team. Hi. Welcome back. It's Nadine here. And Olivia. From the Cold Coffee Hot Mess Podcast. And we are your hosts today. Yes. It has been a busy couple of weeks. I mean, I have... Yeah, event well, we have We have a lot going on, <laughs> but we, we like to keep it a bit light. Mm. How funny was it the other day with Alex? So Alex is our head of ops yes. at One Point Collective. My colleague. And she was talking about her mom voice. Oh, gosh. <laughs> we saw a side of her that we hadn't seen before. I was shaking in my little boots over there. That was scary. You know, when I have a mom voice, like I get angry, but I can never picture my friends angry, especially my colleagues. Yes. Like, like you just can't like picture, everyone's really like, respectful and like, you know, they talk. Yeah. Cause you're the boss when you get the respectful <laughs> side of everyone. But listening to Alex lift off the oh, other day and showing yes. us her mum voice. Do you have a mum voice? I don't, I don't think. Well, no, my, but like when you yell. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, do you yell? yell? Yeah. But Eva just doesn't give a shit. I just, but how, like when I yell, like I. Shall I give it to you now? Mm, yeah. Try. Eva Joy. <laughs> <laughs> Or she's really in trouble. Evangeline! <laughs> her real name, like, that's like, oh, shit. Is that her real name? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. What's yours? Show me yours. Oh, the look in my daughter's eyes when I do it. I want to hear, I want to, no, no, I want to experience it. Pretend I'm Arabella and I've just like painted on the walls. Really? Yes, go, go, hit me. Oh, but I'd look. No, I, I don't I think I'm going to give crayon. it to my best thing crayon. because I, I, I've got people in the room. Crayon, go, look. Arabella! No! <laughs> No, no. Oh, good God. Oh, good God. I just, I just went up about a meter in my seat. No, that's not even, that's not even it. Anyway. Whoa. I just yelled at you for this one. Um, <laughs> but but the, the, the other thing is how, when the dads do it, you're like, how oh, dare you yell at don't my... Don't you be yelling at my yeah, child. Who do you think you are? Yes. Don't yell at my child. What's she done? Yeah. Well, that's my... That's yeah, my it's, not even, it's not even worse an argument. <laughs> don't even yell at her. Are you kidding me? Nathan and I have arguments about him getting yeah, angry. Yeah, I'm like, that's not fair. That's not fair. You've just... No, she's had a rough day. <laughs> <laughs> she's had a rough day, what with all her, like, holding up the house, working oh, hard. Dear me. Anyway, uh, it's hilarious. But, yes, yeah, so at least we know everyone has a mum Everyone voice, has a mum voice. And it's okay And they can be scary. Let, yeah. <laughs> let it loose every now and then out of the cage of like the an cage. animal. <laughs> Should we get into it, Yeah, Liz? sure. Yep. <laughs> Okay. So today we're going to be speaking with a dear friend that we've worked with for about four years now. She's a baby and child sleep expert, a registered nurse, a mum of three and founder of Sleep by Steph, Steph Goyne. Welcome, Steph. Thank you so much for having me here today. I'm really excited. Oh, amazing. So are we. We'll jump in with the first question. I know a lot of my new mum friends who have just given birth. It's one of their first questions. 
Is it essential for parents to create a strict sleep routine and stick to it? So what I have to educate families about is, you know, a newborn baby comes into the world and they do follow a very natural flowing cycle of sleeping, feeding and waking. So we we really want to tap into that natural cycle or routine and follow along with, you know, when they're tired, they sleep, they wake up, they're hungry, they feed, then they're awake for a little bit longer, they get tired and then they sleep. So it's a very natural pattern and rhythm that when we follow that from day one, working with our newborn baby rather than trying to work against them. So I say to all families, you can actually follow a routine or or a pattern or this natural cycle from the day they're born. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So we want to tap into that from, from day dot. It's not saying, you know, you have to be strict and rigid and you, you have to force this or force that. It's just tapping into the natural flow. And when you do that from, from the very start, that's when it's quite easy and, and straightforward. Whereas, you know, if you're trying to force things or be strict and rigid and go against your baby, that's when it, it doesn't work and that's when it yeah. gets quite, quite stressful. So I think it's about following, I guess, the natural routine rather than trying to create what you think is the right you know, eat. Correct. But yeah. what if the natural routine is staying up all night and sleeping in the day? <laughs> well, we don't we don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> no, but, but like, for, yeah, they're not the- robots, are they? Because before I gave birth, I was, was sure that he would be perfect. Like he'd be in my routines, you know, you'd be able to um, train him like a robot was, but it's obviously that's not real life, is it? <laughs> no, absolutely. And another part of the education that I do with families is, again, from, from day dot, we want to start setting up our babies day and night in sync with actual day and night and having two separate um, or clearly defined, you know, your night stretch and your day stretch. Again, we can do that from from day dot. And when you start from the start, again, babies tend to sort of flow into this natural rhythm where we're showing them that their day is their day and they're following, you know, when they're uh, tired, they sleep. When they wake up, they're hungry, they feed, they're awake, and then they need to go back to sleep throughout the day. And then from, again, from day dot, we can start to introduce a bedtime routine at the end of the day that then helps to show the the baby that, you know, the day is starting to come to an end and now we're going into our night stretch, which is actually in line with night, so nature. So there's a lot we can do from the very start and a lot of parents don't get this education so they, they don't know about these things, but we can do a lot of gentle, very gentle, natural things from the very start to help work with a baby. Ooh, what are they? So ideally at night, it's dark, they're warm, they're cosy, and they feed and sleep versus day. That's when it's light and bright and they sleep and feed, but they also have their little periods of awake time or play time. 
Um, you mentioned just before about bedtime routine, and that's something I want to explore with you a bit more because there is an actual bedtime. There's things you can do at nighttime, which is very basic sleep routines. If there's anything that anyone can get out of this, like what are the basic bedtime routines? Like I remember seeing something about downlights, you know, turning them all off so they're not coming from above, you know, and just and calming the scene. Like are there any bedtime hacks that you can talk to us about? Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's it's about showing or or giving a baby signals that day is day and this is what we do during the day versus they're coming towards the end of their day and these are the little steps that we take as we lead into bedtime. So for for a new baby, um, it might look like coming into the late afternoon, evening, they have a, a warm, relaxing bath. Mm. Then from the bath, you go straight into the bedroom and that bedroom is, you know, it can't be pitch black because you have to see what you're doing, (laughs) but it can be nice and dim um, versus bright and light, Mm -hmm. which is your day. So coming into that dim, dark bedroom, pajamas on, it's it's nice and cosy. And then you do your bedtime feed and then burp and then put them into their sleep, sleep swaddle or their sleeping suit. Yeah. So all these little steps that are showing them this is what we do every evening as we lead into bedtime and the night. And would you put like blackout curtains up on the windows? Would you, you know, the stars, the red light things? Like what else is there? Yeah, so I like to, um, one of my big things is I like to keep it simple and natural everyday things. So when we're leading into nighttime, yes, we want the room to be dim or dark. Now, during winter, at bedtime, it is typically dark outside. So you, you may not need blockout blinds during winter, but then during summer, for a lot of us, we go into daylight saving and it is light outside. So, so that's when you might... So you're saying no to nightlights? Again, I, well, nightlights... Um, Lots of other products like night lights, red lights, um, white noise, they're all sleep aids and they can be introduced into the falling to sleep process that can actually make sleep a lot harder for babies and children. You know, lights, any light coming in through the eye can tell the body it's time to wake versus time to sleep. So naturally all of that stuff. The lights on the ceiling, the white noise. Maybe it's just making me feel better that I'm trying to do something. <laughs> I don't know. Well, look, the best sleeping environment for nighttime for all of us, so that's newborns, toddlers, adults, is actually a dark room. That That's a natural sleep environment for nighttime. Introducing lights and different pieces into that dark room can really disrupt sleep, and it's tricky because we're often not getting messages that that's the case, but but it is. Yeah. So basic one, two, three. If you can do these things: the temperature of the room, the darkness of the room, and the routine. So the bath starting at five o'clock, and those or, things will start to become yeah, like associated with sleep time, or yeah, yeah. So. Bath around five is a perfect time. I like to recommend a bedtime of around six o'clock for for babies because naturally they will wake to start their day between six and seven in the morning. That's really when we're designed to wake as humans. So by six in the evening, I find babies are tired and ready to go down for the night. Mm. So 
off the back of a six o'clock bedtime you know a five o'clock bath or around five o'clock is the perfect way to lead into that really winding down 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 process so bath straight into the bedroom rather than coming out into the light bright lounge room Mm -hmm. bath straight into the dim dark bedroom um, pajamas on you know feed breast or bottle feed then popping them into their swaddle or their sleep suit and that's a, a really good sort of just before sleep association. Yeah. So that goes on and then they're really warm and snug and cosy, lots of big cuddles. What about a weighted blanket? Do you have to put weight on them? Do you recommend weight? Not for a baby. Um, weighted blankets are not recommended for um, young babies. Right. So I wouldn't be putting a weighted blanket. I typically say an empty cot is or bassinet is the safest type of cot or bassinet for a baby because any bedding in that sleep space um, can put them at risk of it covering their head and face, which we don't want. Um, yeah. yeah, right. Okay. So, um, can I uh, just loop us back just to um, – mm-hmm. I know this is a with any kind of sleep help. I just want to kind of um, touch on the fact that I think a lot of people um, – the hesitation with sleep consultants comes with they're going to make me use the cried out method and I know a lot of new parents are particularly nervous about that so I just want to kind of I guess address that and debunk it if that's not the case or how how does it work Mm -hmm. when you seek the help of a sleep consultant? Look whenever I meet a family one of the first things they say to me is I don't want there to be any crying or I don't want to do cried (laughs) out there's all this talk of crying and I just say to the family, look, can we put the crying to the side and let's first talk about the sleep and and focus on the sleep because the crying, it's it just causes this unnecessary hysteria and stress, which which parents need to understand why there is crying when you go through a process of changing sleep habits and you've got an exhausting baby. But to, to get there, we need to have a look first at why sleep just isn't happening, why yeah. there's sleep struggles. So I really try and move parents away from any talk of crying to start with because when we talk about the sleep and we focus on, okay, why why is it challenging? What's happening? What are the reasons? What are the roadblocks getting in the way of so what are your they? baby? Yeah, what are they? Like what are the things that make babies wake? So, and I, again, I say this to all families, as humans, we are in fact designed to sleep really, really well. A lot of us don't and a lot of babies and children don't, but it is because there are roadblocks getting in the way and those roadblocks can be things like, you know, a baby or child is hungry and that's affecting their sleep. They're not warm enough in their sleep space and that's why they're struggling to fall asleep or they keep waking up. They're in an environment that's not ideal for sleep. So there might be lights and loud noises and lots of distractions. Um, For lots of babies, they are just so exhausted and overtired. Yeah, and and I was once told that, you know, a little grizzle when you put them down in the cot is kind of just their way of putting themselves to sleep, right? It's not necessarily a negative thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, 
whenever we're working with a family to help help get on top of their sleep issues, again, we, we want to look at the roadblocks first and making changes and, and setting up for sleep. Then we look at the falling to sleep process. Now, a lot of babies, when you change things or change what you're doing, will cry because yeah. change we often don't like change and that's <laughs> change is scary it's their response to the change when what you're doing you do all the time and it becomes normal the crying goes also lots of babies when we start helping their sleep patterns and and working on their sleep they are so exhausted and a lot of the crying comes from the exhaustion and when they're put down in their cot or bassinet they're crying because they're just so exhausted. Yes. So when how we do you, start... How do you know that they're overtired? So you've missed a sign or something. How did they get to that overtired point? Well, what I like to do with families and educate families about is let's look at the 24-hour cycle of day and night and let's break down, you know, how many hours of, of sleep is your baby getting during the day and how many hours of sleep are they getting overnight? And when we break it down, many of the babies that I'm seeing, they're short, sometimes four, five, six hours of sleep in a 24-hour period. So we know these babies are absolutely exhausted. And the only way to get on top of the exhaustion and the overtiredness is less time awake to create more time for sleeping. So that's where, you know, I'll say to the the parents, we need to be doing an earlier bedtime. We need to be having a look at the night stretch of sleep and helping that along so that the baby's waking to start the day, not exhausted, but rested. And then really having a look at how long they're awake for during the day. We know they're exhausted. Well, you helped me with this, Steph. Um, yeah. My daughter is is four now and wasn't, you know, was kind of cranky when she was getting up and, and waking up super early. And I spoke to you about it and she was going to bed about 8, 8.30. And speaking to you, um, your tips about making sure there are no screens. When she comes down from the bath, it's it's a dim room. Um, there's no kind of stimulation down there. And then just moving her bedtime to 7.30, you know, for a day or two, she was a bit like, what's going on? I'm not tired. But now it's yep. by 7.30, she's yawning going, can I go upstairs? And it's like, just, just yeah. that familiarity, those, those, now those signs that it's bedtime, they've really started to kick in. It's just been, it's been consistent, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And Yeah, you know, babies and toddlers and children, they're still little. Mm -hmm. And I think as they get older, we sort of forget that they're still little people and that they need lots of sleep. You know, they need to be going to bed early so that they can get enough night's sleep to be able to start the day feeling refreshed. Um, The later they go to bedtime, typically they'll still wake between <laughs> six and seven or they'll wake earlier. It doesn't mean so they're going to sleep in. I've learned that the hard way. <laughs> correct. Correct. So the later the bedtime means the the less night sleep they're getting and they're often waking to start the day already exhausted and that can really affect their napping and their eating and their drinking during the day Mm -hmm. and then it can affect going into bedtime and it's this really vicious cycle that a lot of families end up in. Yeah, everything gets out, doesn't it? Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Um, Okay, I have another question. Um, 
more so about so the, that two-year-old, at what point do you take them out of a cot? So should we be prolonging babies sleeping in a cot or what are the signs that we need to think about? Yeah. I know personally I moved Arabella way too early. Like <laughs> I was like, oh, this is so cute. I get to buy a oh. big bed for her and I went shopping. <laughs> big mistake. 100% like the worst mistake ever because she just started walking into my room. Oh, I know. They have freedom. It's it's so terrifying. Yeah. So like what is the point? <laughs> what How long I should say- we keep them in? <laughs> I say to families, keep them in their cot for as long as you possibly <laughs> yeah, can. Amen. Okay. Sing it, sister. Um, uh, clo- I find closer to the age of three is a great time to mm. transition from cot to big bed. Often coming up to that age, they are getting quite big and they may not have a lot of room in their cots yep. anyway. But For a lot of them, they're old enough to understand the concept of I'm going into a bed and there's nothing to stop me from getting out, Mm. but I'm going into my bed and I'm tired and I'm going to sleep and I'm going to stay in my bed Right. versus, you know, when they're a lot younger, they don't understand that concept. So they might get in their bed and then they get straight back out. Well, this is what happened with Eva. Yeah, that's right. You have all... You have lots of issues when that happens. But Eva uh, started climbing out of her bed when she was about two and a half, so we moved her. That was, just like Nadine said, epic mistake. Um, we actually <laughs> we tried it for a few weeks, almost tore our hair out, and then I heard this hack about putting a sleep suit on them, like a sleep sack on them backwards so they can't undo it. And I, it bought me another six months. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's a lot of you know, hacks and and tricks that you can do to help them stay in their cot. So what are they though, Steph? Like what are the hacks? So that's a great hack, Liv. Mm. Are there any others? Yeah, absolutely. So using a sleeping bag versus a sleeping suit so they can't sort of lift their leg up over the cot. Yeah, yeah. they can't climb, right, because they're in a bag. Yeah, yeah. So the sleeping bags are quite handy for that. And, yes, putting it on backwards so they can't take it off. Because they're clever. Um, they are clever. Yeah, they zip clever. it right off. They're like, I'm taking this off and getting out of here. Very clever. Mm. If you can safely drop the base of the cot down to the floor so the mattress is lower on the floor, then it increases the height of the cot so they can't actually climb out of the cot. However, you need to make sure that it's safe because yep. for some cots, if you drop the mattress to the floor, there'll be a big gap. Yep. From the, the That's mattress a really good to the... point, actually, in looking for cots in the first place. Like you have yeah. to make yes. sure that it's adjustable because then that. you have that option. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. yeah. So by doing that, if it's safe, then it just increases a bit of height so they can't um, climb up and over. I've actually had some families, they will get crafty and they will build up the height of the cot. Some, some mums have just gotten some pool noodles <laughs> and taped them up the top part of the cot so it again oh, increases, yeah, to the, increase height. the height that's kind of cool actually thinking of that so would you when you're buying a cot you know those ones that turn into a single bed ultimately so it's like sustainable and like a toddler attachment. like a t- well yeah and it t- turns into yeah, a bed yeah, yeah. we've so got it's that. like mm. would you recommend those sorts of cots because then like what is the bed that what's the single bed you buy mm. to start with or do you buy a double bed I stupidly bought a double bed because I thought it would be a really great idea to be able to sleep with my daughter if she was sick this is the advice I was given mm. but I was 
way too big and she just felt yeah. like it was like she was now sleeping in a sea, like mm. rather than she was nice and cosy, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, right. It was a big mistake. Mm-hmm. Like what is the next, what would you advise for yeah. the next single bed? Yeah, so look, I think keeping them in the cot for as long as you can is is ideal, but it's got to be safe. So I just want to reinforce that, yes, if, if we're taking measures to keep them in the cot when they are trying to climb out, we want to make sure it's safe. If it's not safe and they are still climbing out despite the little hacks, then I would say to a family, right, we have to we have to make the transition. So I just wanted to highlight that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, but it, look, it's very much up to each individual family. I know for for us, we had them in cots, and then we bought king single beds for all three of our kids, which were a little bit bigger, so we could, you know, lie in there and read a story um, with them. But they, I don't think they're too big, so um, and you can have, you know, the little guardrail on the side. So our yeah. kids transitioned really well from their cots into their king single beds. And with um, the guardrail, or you use the pool noodles yeah, again. The, the, pool noodles the pool noodles under, under the, the sheet. sheet. That's a great hack. Yes, mm. yeah, yes, I've yeah, heard yeah. of that too. Gosh, yeah. those pool noodles. I know. They <laughs> come in, I mean, they come in. That is the hack of I today's could do episode. A, I could do a whole episode <laughs> on how to use pool noodles for crafts. For, yeah, you know, yeah. Parents, my parents used to have it on the bumper of their car. <laughs> Don't ask. Um, okay, but I, um, I, you know what though? I did buy a cot, a fancy, fancy cot that came with a toddler attachment to turn it into a bed, and that's a, we skipped right over that and went straight to a single bed. So mm. my yeah. mine's hashtag wouldn't recommend. Yeah, I'm the same. I think cot, and then you know, again, keeping them in there for for a while until they're ready to move out, and then just going straight into a bed, and you'll get you'll get longevity out of a proper bed versus a toddler bed because they'll grow out of that and then you'll need to buy, you know, a, a single or a king single anyway. So I think it, it works really well. Yeah. Okay. So all this information has been awesome. Thank you, Steph. Can we wrap it up in a top five tips? Like we're going into bedtime routine. What are your hacks? Okay. So some of the key things that are really important when you're looking at sleep and routine Uh, consistency um, and structure. Babies love consistency and doing the same things over and over and over again. So again, following that natural, when they're hungry, they feed or they eat when they have solids, they get tired, they sleep, they wake up and you go again. So I think Mm -hmm. consistency and structure is super important. And I think that really helps parents too, because it gives them something to follow along with. Direction. And it makes them feel, yes, absolutely, some direction. So consistency. I talk a lot about foundations as well. So setting up the ideal environment and conditions for a baby or child to sleep Mm -hmm. well, um, making sure they're warm, making sure they're full in the tummy so they're not hungry, making sure their environment is ideal. So for night, dark. Yep. For day, just a dim, dim dark room is fine. Mm-hmm. Warmth and so on. So foundations are super important. Yep. Making sure within the 24-hour period, they're getting enough sleep. So a nice big stretch of night sleep with feeds if needed and then enough sleep during the day with some good solid day naps or, you know, as they're getting older, one day nap, but making sure they're getting good day sleep to help mm-hmm. them coming into that night stretch of sleep. And then when they do come into the night stretch, having that consistent bedtime routine 
every single night. I still do it with my kids who are 11, 7 and 9. You know, dinner, um, straight into bath or shower, then straight into the bedroom, pyjamas on. You know, obviously they're older and, and they're going to bed later, but for a baby, you know, dinner if they're having solids, then straight into bath, yep. straight into the bedroom, pyjamas on. And what about the temperature feed, of the room? And down. I've been told 20 degrees is the ideal. Oh, I was told to. 22. Oh, there you go. Mm. Steph, what do you think? So there's, there, I could, this is a whole podcast in itself, to be honest. <laughs> okay. Um, well, what can we aim Break for? it down. <laughs> so I give a lot of education about room temperature and sleepwear and it, it needs to – be up to the individual parent to decide what room temperature or cot temperature is best for their baby and what layers are going to work with that baby to make sure that they're warm and cosy through the night and when they nap without being too warm or without being warm enough. So Mm. I don't typically like to say you need to do this temperature Mm. because it's very variable. There's a lot of variables depending on where you live, your house, the size of the room, yeah. and so on. So best way to, to make sure a baby's consistently warm enough without being too warm or not warm enough is having them dressed in there in layers, you know, a singlet, a onesie and their sleep swaddle or sleep suit, and then having a really cosy, consistent temperature to that room so that they're warm and snug when they go down in the coddle bassinet and they stay warm and snug. I was told the layers concept is think about what you're wearing and times it by three. Is that right? Is that a good way to think about it? Uh, in my experience, in my opinion, we just can't compare ourselves as adults to, mm-hmm. to what we do for babies. Yeah. So, yes, a lot of the advice out there is, you know, add one layer or add two layers than what you would do yourself. Babies and children sleep very differently and in different sleep spaces to adults. So, and we're a lot bigger. We've got a lot more body fat. We've got a lot more muscle. So I just don't think you compare can compare what you do to keep warm during sleep versus a teeny tiny baby who ideally is lying in an empty cot or bassinet because yeah, yeah, cool. that's the safest space. I think it's better to look at the baby or the child as separate yeah. to what you might be doing. I think so. Because it's very, very different. Yeah, for sure. So Steph, thank you so much for being a part of our chat today. We really love speaking to you. Yeah, we've got some great hacks out of that one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you so much for having me on, ladies. I love talking sleep. I could talk and talk all day. <laughs> Listen, so could we. It might be a three-part series. <laughs> Steph, where can people find out more about you and get in touch with you? So I run my very busy sleep business, Sleep by Steph. I've got a website, sleepbysteph.com.au. I've also got a very, very active Instagram page, Sleep by Steph. So people can find us there and there's lots of great information. Yeah. And we'll pop all of that in the show notes. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks, my love. Bye. Bye. Okay. Bye. Oh, my goodness. How good is that? Like for parents that have got little babies and they're just Mm. not sure how to navigate the whole sleep thing. My best friend has a three-month-old and she's like messaging me on stuff about regressions and stuff. And like I forget. It's the number one thing. It is the one thing that – 
just every parent goes through. Yeah, like you get the baby sleeping, then more sleep for the parents. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Everyone's just chasing sleep. After going from being able to sleep, oh, it's you the wanted, worst. then this baby comes in. It's like a little alarm clock that goes off every hour. Yeah, it's like that di- yeah. I remember just going, I'll pay anything. Somebody yeah. help me. So to have a resource like Steph out there who's been doing this for years and years and helped thousands of families, like yeah. – Seriously, she's full of all the gems, all the tips. Yeah, sleep deprivation is torture. That's oh God, why they used to use torture. it in all the world wars. That's all <laughs> they did. Yes. Oh, my God. That's what, Yeah, so you really. <laughs> so, like, we are all just tortured. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Well, it's a form of torture, sleep it's deprivation, just like but, water. But, like, parenting, great. We're so happy to have these kids. <laughs> we love you. But also you are torturing us. <laughs> Absolutely. Like medieval. Well, no, okay. so the more we can learn about sleep and fix it, then the better. I think it, that's, it's knowledge. It's learning. Knowledge is power. That's it. Honestly, the takeaways for me were babies have a natural sleep routine and instead of trying to doctor a routine and mm. make them fit into that, it's about just leaning into what they're naturally designed to do and just like looking at it from a holistic perspective. Like over the 24 hours, how much have they slept? Yeah. Looking at where the gaps are. It can be as easy as adjusting a bedtime by half an hour. I did mm-hmm. this with Eva on, on Steph's recommendation. I put her um, her bedtime half an hour earlier. Mm-hmm. The difference. She was then tired when she was supposed to be tired instead yeah. of staying up till 8, 30, 9 o'clock. Like yeah. one little change has a total knock-on effect. Yeah, they're not robots, are they? No. So it's just about leaning into what they are naturally designed to do, listening more than I guess doing. Yeah, it looks just... Going back to those foundations that Steph was talking about. Yeah, just making sure those little things are in order and yeah. that everything else will fall into place. Don't get stressed, you know, and overwhelmed. I know it's really easier said than done, but if you just stick to, like, write them down. <laughs> like, write yeah. down what you have to do. Like, if, if they're crying and not sleeping and you've done all this stuff right, maybe they're hungry. Maybe they're too cold. Like, just go back to those basics. Yeah, maybe have a checklist. Like, yes. post it not on the door next yes. to the cot. Write it down because yeah, especially in the middle of the night. Exactly. Or if someone else is looking after them. Yes. Then one, two, three. You have to yeah. check these things. Oh, right. and checking if they've wet themselves through. Mm. Instead of undoing the whole nap, you can just check that little line, you know, if it's the, changed The way line if it's blue. Yeah, I didn't know about that when I was. Oh, yeah. They're on every nappy now. It's just so great. Yeah. It's so great. So let's get into the big winch. Let's go. <laughs> Olivia, come on. Come with me on this journey. <laughs> I did not sign up for that ride. Okay. Okay, it's time for my whinge of the week, Liv. Yeah, it is. Okay, so sickness, mm. right? Everyone's, I know, it's like da, everyone's got the same sort of whinge, but this one's a different one. Yeah, oh, so gosh. Max was sick mm. and he had probably like four days off, right? So it was cold, fluey. We yeah. had four days so, and it was expo week and oh. I was like 16-hour days. Punishing and, Max. Yeah, and I saw I was like going from home to work. Anyway, looking after him, being, trying to be really compassionate and, you know, really good mom. Anyway, sorry, he was on the mend. And I was like, you are going back to school tomorrow. So, you know, in the, as a mum in the psych, you're like, yes, okay, we wake up tomorrow. I can see back the to light. school and I can just do yeah. whatever I need to do in the day. For sure. So he walks in the next morning. Sorry, he doesn't walk in. <laughs> no, he didn't. He is like a lame deer, right? He can't stand up. He's looking like a, he's falling over. He's like a slug crawling across the ground. And I have had enough. I was like, what the hell? What? <laughs> For goodness sake, get up go back into your room mm. and get dressed. We're going to school, right? Like mm. full mum voice. And he's like, I can't walk. I'm like, Ed, look at this. This is ridiculous. And then Ed chimes in. He's like, Max, come on. Don't be stupid. Like, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I can't walk. So he uses his knees to walk back into his um, room. And then he starts getting dressed, right? Mm-hmm. And he's still on his knees because he can't stand up. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. But At what point do you think 
this is actually serious and a bit scary. Well, well, I didn't, right? So I was like, okay, I don't know what's going on. Ed, you go to work. I'll stay home again. Whatever. Bells, you're off to school. And I was kind of just angry, right? And then Ed got to work and he was in a meeting and he was telling one of his mates like how this weird thing and Max and it was so annoying. And then she goes, oh, no, that's a symptom of influenza B. <gasps> Google it. It's all over the place. Like all these kids can't walk after they've had influenza oh B. And so they're like the d- blood drains oh out, out, out of me. Like I feel awful, right? <laughs> and then... That's so then I obviously felt very bad and yeah. blah, blah, blah. But then the next morning we wake up and all of a sudden bells can't walk. Oh, God. So I've been sending bells to school. Like well, I didn't know she was sick. She had a sniffle. Mm. But isn't that strange? It's just, just such a You were just a strange trying symptom. to get out of school. Yeah, yeah. I can, I and this is a perfect, like, you know, like Peter and Paul, what do they say with the... The boy, the boy, who, the boy who cried wolf. The boy who cried wolf. Yeah. That's it. Peter yeah. and Paul. No, no, they another, came into there's the another mix, one. There's another one. Different fable. Um, Whatever. So it said, "Lesson to kids to not fake it when you don't really need to," because I didn't believe him at all. Um, <laughs> Is he an untrustworthy kid? Like no, he's, he's not. Think, no, no, he's I not. feel awful. It's just I am failing left, right, and center. No, you're not. You <laughs> oh, anyway. just, it's that full plate again. Yeah, but so Sorry. if your kid can't walk and they've just had been sick then take them seriously listen to them yeah. yeah I told someone else like oh yeah that happened to my kid and I took them straight to the hospital <laughs> I'm like oh yeah and so oh, did I that's yeah, exactly what I did yes. mm, yeah straight to the hospital anyway <laughs> okay well it's now it's time for some hacks hack city I'm gonna let you hack hack city bitch city hack hack city um wow that was fantastic yeah you're welcome um I have a really good hack this week okay. I know I always say that but this is actually can't wait Something I tell every mm-hmm. pregnant person, whether they're a bestie or just like someone I'm passing in the street, I'm like, girl, have you heard of this? The starting solids journey. It's like, it's hard, especially for a first time mum. Yeah. TM. No clue what to do no or what clue. they can have. Or Allergies, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, There's what's so first? Much to what navigate. do you first? What do you do? I've heard of someone just peeling an avocado and like feeding that to kids. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I did with Eva. Um, mm. But, you know, mostly it's like yeah, potato, avocado's a good one, banana. pumpkin, banana, yeah. those kind of things. There is a company, there's a couple of companies actually, but um, Nourishing Bubs is one of them, mm-hmm. La Puree is another, mm-hmm. um, and they specialise in doing like just vegetables or fruits that are steamed and pureed mm-hmm. and then you can keep them in the freezer. So, you know, when you're starting that journey, you're like, we've had pumpkin every day this week because yeah. I've steamed and, yep. you know, Lo- ma- yep. um, mashed a whole pumpkin. It's like, well, maybe I'll try capsicum. You can just pop a little capsicum cube out. Or a little cauliflower cube. Yeah, right. You can be creative. You, you can, can be like, what should we have for dinner today? You're making creations. <laughs> you might pop a little broccoli and you might yeah. pop a little squash and then a little bit of pumpkin and put that together and that's like a gourmet dish. And it's just little ice cubes mm-hmm. that you just kind of melt in the microwave. So obviously make sure it's not too hot and then feed it to your baby. And then Great. Um, so they're like, they come in an ice cream tray. It looks like the colours of the rainbow because it's like six capsicum, six carrots, right. six potatoes. They're like so great. Yeah. Um, and then Le Puree do... Uh, really amazing ones that are already sort of mixed for you. So they might have like a, I don't know, like a quinoa and uh, pumpkin and carrot and apple concoction. Okay. So when you so get to that stage, so it's when a you're meal. Together. Yeah, yep. it's not just tasting. It's like a meal mm-hmm. thing. The other great one, actually, there at the recent expo in Sydney is Taste Bubs, and they do allergen sample packs. So okay. you know how people go, oh, I've got to tick off like peanut butter and egg and all those like yeah, allergens like, to see yeah, yeah. if my, my kid's okay. They do little sachets with like. 
it's like a safe way to do it because you know it's quality controlled. Yeah, and you can just t- tick all those that's allergies so off. scary, isn't it? Oh, my God, it's so scary. My girlfriend yeah. sat outside the hospital and gave her kids peanut she? butter because her yeah. um, her husband is anaphylactic, so uh-huh. she was so scared. So so yeah, I've heard of people doing it outside the doctor's office. Oh, so then they're in the right place if something yeah. goes awry. Oh. Yeah, that, I mean, that's if you're, oh, you know. Got it in the oh, family or if it's... Well, yeah, FTMs, first-time mums or parents, FTPs, first-time parents, are very worried about that stuff. Like it's <laughs> it's scary, right? Like to give your, like your kid peanut butter or egg or one of those allergens and then who, like the, you know, their face is going to blow up and it's like yeah, yeah. scary. I'm just going so back to it. the FTM thing that you oh, just Oh, I'm said. just trying to um, simplify, <laughs> like get some slogans going, some abbrevi- abbreviations. Oh, dear. FTMs, FTM, FTP. First time parents. Okay, cool. Love it. Get on board. (laughs) The train's leaving. (laughs) I think it left. (laughs) Um, Great. Okay, Okay. well, so what are we going to do? We're going to do my hack now? Yeah, go. What did you bring? Did you do your homework? Well, um, Fleur did her homework for me. Oh, one of friend my friends. Fleur. Okay. What did friend Fleur Okay, to toddler tantrums. Mm-hmm. There is nothing worse than seeing a mum running across the street with a football hold of their child. Oh, because you like, know they've been gentle parenting, gentle parenting, and then like, their shit isn't working. You're coming <laughs> with me. Yeah, you go, girl. That's it. You're done. Okay, so this one is all about distraction. And I never knew oh. this as a younger parent, the mm-hmm. uncle's first child, you know, distraction. So, but in relation to your senses. Oh. So your sight your smell and hearing. So Mm -hmm. start with, okay, tell me three things you can see. So if you're outside, you might see a plane in the air, the clouds, I don't know, you start talking about that. And then two things you can hear. Can you hear that car, that motorbike driving by? And then go into the last one, what you can smell, maybe there's a flower and go interact. And by the time you've gone through that process, even if you just choose one of each sense, Mm. I can guarantee you that they have totally calmed down. Really? And if they haven't, chuck them in the bath. <laughs> or, I was about to shower water, them with water. Water, just add yeah, water. Just Someone used to say that all the time, just add just water. Because yeah. um, that's a good one as well. So that is yeah. my hot tip. So just think senses. Look around you, what you hear, you smell and you see. Oh, Give I thought go. you were going to say um, leave them there, wherever they are, if they're having a tantrum and walk away. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my auntie used to do. <laughs> See ya, you little that rat is bag. Not my child. Home. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah. It does work. I'm going to try it because Eva Joy always delivers on the tantrum front. Yeah, great. Yeah. Thank you. So that was a great topic and if you've got any other ideas, you can let us know in the Facebook group. Yep, that Facebook group is humming with hacks and mm-hmm. um, parent woes. Yeah, <laughs> like Even it's a good place out. to just share and like, God, this is hard yeah. sometimes. You if know? there's any topics, please let us know and we'll get the right expert to help us all out. Yep, that's what we're all about. Can't wait to be in your ears next week. See you then. Bye. Bye.